God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you today. Well, we come to another major celebration. Thursday, you celebrated the Ascension, right? And the Ascension is an important day in the church year. Why? Well, we'll look at that today and see why the Ascension is so important to us in our understanding of who we are in this culture. Another whole session of evil. Every week it seems like evil, more evil, and more evil. And on goes the evil. A, few, a while back, a few days, the supermarket shooting in New York, hate crime, shooting in California, one dead, four injured. Highway 26 out here, a family coming back from the beach, road rage, and were shot at. No one was hurt, but the gun was shot. The school tragedy in Texas. What a tragedy we've been watching. And then in 24-hour period this weekend in Portland, there were 10 shootings, 10 people shot, one dead. No place is safe. You're not even safe here in the church today. You're not safe at the supermarket. Anywhere you go, you're not safe from a shooter or from some evil or some corruption. What has happened to our culture? The de-evaluation of life. And then the people protrading, demanding abortion to kill babies. Drugs out of control. Crime out of control. Mental health issues being talked about all the time. The crisis we have. Is there a solution? Yes. It's simple, but it's not easy. You want to know the solution? I'll share it with you and tell you what the solution is. But it's not easy. This past Thursday, the church celebrated the Ascension. How many days after Easter is the Ascension? Anybody know? 40 days, right? The Ascension occurred 40 days after Easter, which means it always falls on a Thursday. Thursday is an important celebration when they celebrate the Ascension because it's about Jesus completing his mission. On March the 3rd, 1959, a significant event happened in our country. You probably don't even remember about it now, but it was important if you were, some of you, most of you were alive at then. On March 3rd, 1959, NASA pioneered for the first U.S. spacecraft to escape Earth's gravity. That was a significant time, the first spacecraft to break through the gravity of the Earth. That was in 1959. Pioneer Radio transmitted information for 42 hours until it lost contact. 407,000 miles from the Earth, it gave us a lot of data, but it did not accomplish its mission. I'll mention that in a minute. Now we'll go back to the year 33. Jesus, who we read about in the he takes his disciples out by he has no spacesuit, no space capsule. There he went. He broke through Earth's gravity. Amazing, right? Ascension, he went back where? To heaven. Why did he part? 
Because his mission was accomplished. Mission accomplished. What was his mission? To save us from our sins. To pay the price of sin. To be the ultimate sacrifice that your sins can be forgiven and are forgiven through his shed blood, his death, his suffering, and resurrection. You have forgiveness of sins offered to you if you receive it and believe it and you can have eternal life. That's an amazing event. He finished his mission. He became an offering and God said, I accept it. I accept this sacrifice. And thank God that God did accept it. All sin, all evil, all darkness has been paid for. We can be delivered from it. We can. Now the question is, what is Jesus doing now that he ascended into heaven? What's Jesus doing? Scripture tells us that he is in charge of the church. He is the head of the church, and we are the body of Christ down here, the church, the people of God. His power can be unleashed to the world through you and me, through the church. As the head of the church, he gave us instructions. He wants the whole globe to receive the power of resurrection, of life. But the devil is busy out there trying to destroy the church, constantly fighting the devil. Sometimes we're running in the wrong direction, and the church runs away from its mission. Or maybe you run away from the mission that God has given to you, or I have run away, and I run away. Interesting little story in the news, a two-year-old in Richmond, Washington, maybe you saw it, was, happened to go out the door, back door of the house, in the backyard, and she's only two years old, and she saw a little cub, a baby bear. And she probably thought, a teddy bear, how cuddly, and she wanted to go hug this little bear. And she started running towards the cub. The mother frantically saw what was happening from the window, and she rushed out as fast as she could. She grabbed her child and ran back to the house. She spared the child from being in danger. She said she wasn't, the mother said she wasn't afraid of a cub, but she was afraid of the mother bear who must be watching somewhere and would see two people rushing towards her cub, would probably become vicious towards them. But she made it back to the house safely. The little child didn't know any better. The little child was running towards a little cub to hug it. Sometimes we're out there running towards the things of this world and we want to hug it. We go to the wrong place, the danger zones. The devil is tempting us all the time with something new, something to do. You see, Jesus went to heaven, he ascended, he broke the gravity and went back to heaven, but he's coming again. He's going to break down through the universe and come back here again, but not to be a savior, but to be a judge. And he'll separate the sheep from the goats. Those who follow and believe in Jesus Christ will be taken up to heaven with him. So we look forward to that day as a Christian, knowing that that day is coming soon, we hope, when we see all the evil around us. And that takes us to what's going to happen next Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, 
falls on a Sunday, 10 days after the ascension, and it's about Jesus sending the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now is here among us to lead, guide, and direct us to make a difference. We can stop this evil that's out there in the world if we take seriously the mission that Jesus gives us. That may be the hard part. You see, we've got a guidebook, a textbook, an instrument manual, instruction manual that tells us how to do it. As one person has said, the Bible will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Bible. Or you could put it this way, the Bible will keep you from the devil, or the devil will keep you from the Bible. You see, many do not care about the Bible. Many do not read it, instruct it, follow it, and take the instructions seriously. How often do you read the Bible? How often do you meditate on it? Not just read it, but meditate. How much do you, often do you let the Word of God absorb into your heart? This is what we're called to do. The Bible is not just for information, but too many people just read it for information. But we must act on the information. And that's the purpose of the ascension. Jesus went to heaven and said, okay, church, act on the information I've given to you, what I've done for you. I paid for your sins. I've delivered you from the death and the devil and sin. And now be about your business of getting and reaching the other people out there in the world. That's our mission. And so we turn to Jesus as Lord, and we surrender to him, and we serve him. We are to share the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're spending a whole half year now in the life of Jesus. And now after the ascension, we're going to spend a half a year of the church year on who we are as servants of Jesus Christ and what it means to be a Christian what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Just before Jesus ascended, he said some interesting things. You heard it in the scripture reading today and in other scriptures, other passages also, we are told what Jesus said. He says, go out and preach forgiveness of sins and salvation and heal the sick and deliver the people from the demons. Have we done the good job with it? How are we doing? Oh, we're doing some. I can't. We can't be too critical of ourselves. But has the mission been accomplished? Why is all this evil out there in the world and shootings and crime and all this stuff going on? Well, you see, going back to Pioneer 4, Pioneer 4 sent back excellent data, was used to help future explorations in space. But it was launched for a purpose. This mission was to photograph the moon close up to find a place, how to land on the moon in the future and how the moon could be landed on. But it didn't do its mission because its trajectory got changed and it went off into space and didn't accomplish its mission. But Jesus came down here on this earth and he accomplished his mission and so when he broke through gravity and went back to heaven, his mission was accomplished. His mission of salvation and deliverance for us. He accomplished his mission. And he gives us the privilege of prayer. He sits at the right hand of God, Scripture tells us. He's in charge of the church. He's the head of it. And we have a responsibility 
in this church that be in business of serving Jesus Christ. It's not for us to sit in our pews and do nothing. It's not just to observe information. It's to take action. That's what the ascension is about, church, about people. Us to take action, to be out there doing the work of proclaiming Jesus Christ to the world. A couple of Bible passages to share with you. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Yeah, the entrance of the words of God give light in the midst of this darkness. Want to overcome the darkness that's out there in the culture and the world? Get into the light of the word. Be in the word. It's simple, but it's not easy. We are to make the most of our time on earth. You're here for a time period, and your time comes to an end. What have you done for the sake of the kingdom? 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, The scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. That's important, wise for salvation. But it goes on, the verse goes on and says, Also for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. All the Bible is for that, all that too, you see. To teach us, to correct us, to train us in righteousness. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus said, and all this will be given, all what you need will be given to you. Seek first his kingdom. In Revelation chapter 21, it says, quotes Jesus I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Are you thirsty? He says, I will give freely of the fountain of the water of life. The water of life, freely, it's free. I paid for it. If you're thirsty. How many people are thirsty today? Are we really thirsty for Jesus, for the word? You've probably heard of the Congo River, right, in Africa? It's a huge river, just kind of like the Nile and the Amazon. But the significance of the Congo River is it's the deepest river in the world. It is deep, and lots of water flows down the Congo for 2,500 miles in Africa. The amazing thing about the Congo is because it's so deep and so full of water, get this, it drops 1.5 million cubic feet of water into the Atlantic Ocean every second. That is a huge force. It's deadly. You get in the way of that force, you can't survive. All that rushing water into the ocean. Because of its depth and how much volume of water it has, it's a powerful force. We might think, wow, that's interesting. That's a powerful force. But that's not the most powerful river of life. You see, the greatest river in the universe is the river that flows from God through Jesus to you and me. The Holy Spirit flowing through believers. The Holy Spirit in the church moving out to believers. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not dead water, 
not dangerous water, living water will flow from you, will flow from this church out into the community and make this community a lot better and the world a lot better and a lot safer because people will come to Jesus Christ. But if the church doesn't do its job, then evil will prevail. Jesus does promise that the devil will not totally destroy the church. The gates of hell will not prevail. But it says if the end doesn't come, even the very elect will not make it. So our prayer is, come Lord Jesus, come. The Lord comes. We should be ready for him. Jesus has unleashed a river of grace. It's refreshing, it's powerful, it changes lives, it transforms people. It changes us on the inside, it changes our hearts, it makes us different. And it fills us with God's love and love for him and love for others around us and for our neighbor. There's an interesting news story that probably most news stations didn't even say it, but it was probably, they didn't want even, I guess, they didn't, I don't know why they didn't say it, but it, it was on CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network. And it told us of an incident of one of the little girls in the Texas massacre in Texas. She died from gunshot wounds, but her name was Ellie Garcia. She was nine years old. She shared the gospel on social media before she died. She posted a video, 15 seconds, and she said on the video, I just wanted to give you a little catch-up. Jesus, he died for us. So when we die, we'll be up there with him. And in my room, I have three pictures of Jesus. She died. Notice her testimony and her faith. This little nine-year-old, who will be ten in, would have been ten in June, gave a witness before she died. She told the world, there is a solution. It's Jesus. There's salvation. Her dad was interviewed by CBN, and he said she loved to pray. She had a heart for Jesus. She had living water coming from her to influence the world. Her words and her video will impact the world for a long time to come, probably. But a little nine-year-old giving us that message. Jesus, he died for us. So when we die, we'll be with, up there with him. Amazing. But that's who we are, to let living water flow from us to our neighbors, to our family, to our friends, to the community. You see, if we did, there would be all this evil would be pushed back. We would push back evil and all this evil that's out there would be minimized. Eventually they'll be destroyed because Jesus is going to return and take us to heaven where there'll be no more evil, a new heaven and a new earth. No more evil, no more sin, no more death, no more crying, no more tears. So I'm going to challenge you with something. 
don't know how many of you will take the challenge. You don't have to. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to do something for the next seven days, next week, from this Sunday to next Sunday. Here's the challenge. I hope you take it seriously. If you don't want to, that's okay. You see, Jesus gave the disciples a challenge. As he ascended into heaven and left the gravitational pull of this earth, he said, go into all the world and proclaim forgiveness of sins and the good news of Jesus, what I did for you. Heal the sick, cast out the demons, bring the kingdom of God to light. And they did. All the disciples went, and they pushed back evil. They went all over in the known world, and they preached the gospel. They even died as martyrs, all of them except John, who died in exile on the island of Patmos. They gave up their life because they believed the truth of Jesus Christ in his life and resurrection. They took the challenge, and the church grew and grew. And it still does. And the church is still active, and it still will continue to be so. But I invite you to get active in it, all of us to make a difference, to leave our imprint, to make an imprint in this world. Here's the challenge. I want you to do something that might change your life and change what you think about the church and its mission and your mission. Here's the challenge. I would like you to read, starting tomorrow, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, and then read it every day. The next day, read it again, chapter 1, chapter 2 of Acts. Because in chapter 1, you have the, res- the ascension, and, chap- and in chapter 1 and 2, you have Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the challenge that we have. And don't just read it for information, but read it and really digest it and ask God, what do you want me to learn from this, Lord? And maybe what you learn on Monday will not be the same as you learn on Tuesday. The scriptures will give you insight. And the more you meditate on it, the more you get into it, the more you read it and absorb it, your life can be transformed. And you can transform this church. You can transform this community. Because Jesus stands ready to work through you to bring the river of life to flow into the hearts and lives of people in this community, this state, this world. So I challenge you. See what it does to you. Read Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 starting tomorrow and every day this week, for the next week. And pray about it. Pray through it. What the ascension means and what Pentecost means. And then you'll be ready next Sunday to really, really get involved in Pentecost and what the mission of the church is. So I challenge you The challenge I lay before you, I pray that you might consider it, and that God will bless you as you do that. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate the ascension, we're thankful for this opportunity then to be challenged. You challenged the disciples to go into all the world, and they did. And you rose into heaven, and you sit at the right hand of the Father, and you will come again. In the meantime, you're the head of the church. We are the church. We are your body. Send us into the world. 
Let us take seriously your word. Let us make a difference in this world, Lord, that's so full of evil. Push back evil and be victorious. Open our hearts, Lord, and bless us. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.